Welcome to season two of the Latinx Kid Lit Book Festival. We hope you enjoy this panel discussion. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Latinx Kid Lit Book Festival. Leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platforms to help us improve with each season. Enjoy the show. Hello, Susie. How are you? Then I was muted. I'm doing great, and I'm happy to be here with you, Shamile. Thank you, Susie. I'm so happy as well. And um, we we've been uh, we talked a few weeks ago when you were doing your book tour for your latest book, a little star, a bright star. I always call yeah. it star in my mind, bright star. <laughs> and I and I re, I will repeat it today for those of you who. Uh, did not see uh, that event, but I always wish we could meet in person. You are one of, um, I always mention my, my, my artist ancestry, although you're, you're, we're almost the same age, but I consider you one of my mentors, even though we've never met in person because your books uh, have always been such an inspiration for me. So wow. thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Shamala. And I then I need to tell you how much I admire you too. I, I love your stories, your energy, and I love that there is something always complex and rich in all of your stories. So mm. thank you. Thank you so much. So uh, welcome to all of our viewers. Uh, uh, how exciting to be part of this of this Latinx book festival. And today, Sushi and I are going to be talking about story and why story and art are important and how uh, we think about story and art, how they impact our lives. So before we start talking about the stories that you and I create, Shushi, we are all walking stories. Uh, yeah. We all have a background. We, we all come from somewhere. And so I would love to hear the story of Shushi. Would you share that with our viewers? Uh, my story is that I was born in Mexico, and I was born a long time ago here in Mexico. Um, at the time, um, well, we didn't have books. We didn't have books for children. But one of my favorite things to do was to draw. I loved drawing, but mostly I loved copying from all the things that I saw that I like. Uh, Disney characters. Uh, we didn't have books, but we did have, you know, those Disney characters. Mm -hmm. um, I I copied from the portraits of my family constantly, and I am I'm the oldest of three sisters, and then I have one brother, but he was born when I was already a teenager. So my childhood was spent mostly with my three sisters, and they are all very creative as well. My little sisters are also like my inspiration for some stories like um i don't know if you know my book uh nino russell's the world and yeah. Ruda. Um, they are those little sisters that you see las hermanitas they are like my my real sisters because they were always stronger um faster and and even i feel like more talented than me you know so i, I we were always wrestling um when I was a child, I was a very um, fearful child. I was afraid of everything. Nino Rosas the Wall is a, is a book also that comes from that childhood of always fearing a lot of things. Things like you see in the book, like La Llorona, Momia de Guanajuato. So I was always very scared. And I feel that I'm still that, that person. Uh, the difference is that even if though I, I, I feel scared now, I recognize, I tend to recognize that usually when I'm afraid of something is because I don't know it well, whether it's a person or a situation. Mm -hmm. I don't know it, that's when I feel fear. But now um, I, I try to be brave enough to get myself into those situations or get to know those people that I don't know as well so that then I'm not afraid anymore. Um, and 
And here I am. I, I was in Mexico, and when I was uh, uh, already a mother, I was 25 years old, I came to live in the United States. Uh, I came as a new mom. Mm -hmm. I discovered picture books at the library. And the rest is story is or oh, history. It's history <laughs> and story. I love it so much. And and that fear that you talk about, I call it the oldest child syndrome. <laughs> or that's wow. you know, like the characteristics of being the oldest child. I'm also an oldest child mm -hmm. in my family. <laughs> you are. So you know very well about things like that. I have never heard of yeah. that, but you know, now that you mention it. Like for me, yes, it came from that responsibility that I felt like with my sisters, sometimes my parents will leave us alone in the house and I was supposed to take care of them and I was still very young. And did, did that ever happen to you? All the time. <laughs> yeah. okay, what's your story? What's so your story? There is, I'm, I am from Rosario, Argentina. And it, which is very far from Mexico, and, but both of our countries speak Spanish. Although the Spanish sounds perhaps a little bit different because of, of um, the cultural makeup of our countries. Uh, but I grew up watching El Chavo del Ocho, which is a, a TV show that people from our generation grew up with. And so I, I, I always felt like I was very familiar with the words used in Mexico. And I just love these characters from this show. And I, I'm the oldest of four and my siblings are very close in age to me. So I'm only five years older than my youngest brother, but he's always gonna be the baby. And <laughs> I felt so much older than only five years old, uh, you know, ahead of him. And yes, I, I took care of my of my siblings and a little bit like you, Shushi, that you would copy things and you would draw. I am not a good drawer, but that is something that I want to improve on. That's one of my, my goals for 2022 is learning how to draw. But when I was little, I would copy letters. We did not have books in my house either. And so uh, we had a, a Bible that a daughter door salesman uh, sold to my mom and a dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> I had a cyclopedia as well that sold by the Dora to my mom. That was those were my my books, my real books. Wow. Yes, and you know those are like non-fiction books. So you get the you get the facts, but I would create these stories in my mind. I love to go to the end of the dictionary or the encyclopedia where you would find a list of languages that don't exist anymore. And I would imagine what happened to those people. So even wow. though nobody told me what the definition of a story was, we as human beings, we all have this need for story. And I would try to create a story as a narrative or an explanation for something that happened. And we all crave those stories so much. So I grew up uh, loving, loving to copy letters from the Coca-Cola bottle, or the, I remember vividly the tomato sauce can, and I try to copy the calligraphy of it. And then oh little by little, I learned that you put them together. And because my mom had her hands full, uh, and she 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 had a job, but she also did everything at our house. She it was a neater. She she was on it a wonderful cook. She was always busy. She had to keep me entertained. So I think that she encouraged my love of my curiosity of letters and stories so that I could learn how to read to keep myself and my siblings entertained. And that was my favorite thing in the world to do. You know, your mom sounds just like my mom as well. So my mom, um, she's, she doesn't consider herself an artist, but she was always making everything at the house, everything. And I didn't do, like you did writing with your mom. I didn't do writing, but my mom will give me materials to draw when I was very, very little so that she could do her work, um, like creative work sometimes, uh, but things for, for, for,
traveling, so that it was part of like it was a family get, get some money, and I was always next to her. And I wanted to um, to mention uh, that Cascada de Flores uh, just wrote um, a really beautiful uh, message saying that they've been students of Son Jarocho. That means that they've been playing this music that I love to play, and I just want I to love say that. Hi. <laughs> I have my harana right here. Show us, show us your Hannah. Always, always with me. I'm not super good, but I love it. Ah, this one is difficult. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh, I mean, uh, that is so beautiful. And that leads me to something that I wanted to mention, because story, we, we can tell story not only by pictures like you do, or words like you and I both do, we yes. can tell stories through music, yes. through, um, through like dance. The way we move. The dance. way we move, yes. Uh, theater, like in movies. So mm -hmm. I was, I always, maybe because of my love of the dictionary, I always li like to look up the meaning or the root of some words and art. Where does art come from? And I, I just mm -hmm. learned that art is an expression of creativity. And every human being has creativity in them. And the reason we have computers today and, and uh, books and we, that we can have water when we just tap, you know, like a button in our kitchen, that's because of the human creativity. And it, it's all art. So what are some stories that inspire you? To, because, and you said that you went to the library. And so what are... what? Did those books have in common that inspire you to start creating your own art and telling your own stories? Yeah. One thing that happened is that because I had never had uh, children's books or picture books when I was growing up in Mexico. And when I saw the picture books in the United States for the first time, I fell in love with them. But I couldn't understand them. So the first thing that got me was the illustrations. I could not believe that art so beautifully done could be in a book made for children. Now yes. that might, might make some people feel intimidated. Like when you see that, so that there are people capable of doing such a beautiful things. And maybe that happens sometimes to children, you know, that when they see that we adults can create stories and make books, they feel like, oh, I'm never going to be able to do that. I felt like that at the beginning. So even though I fell in love with the books, um, I didn't think I could make them. I wanted to, but I didn't think I could make them. But then at the library, I started founding, and this was at the Western Edition Library, I started seeing books that were made by people just like me, like Juan Felipe Herrera, mm -hmm. like, like Gary Soto and Susan Guevara, who is an illustrator. And I saw that people who had my name, who came from places like I come from Mexico or that spoke Spanish, like I speak Sp Spanish or that um, are immigrants like I am or are my color, they were also making books and that was what made a difference for me to realize that I could not only be the person who reads the books but I could also tell those stories that I had with me and I had lots of stories Jamila because back at home my family were always telling us stories things that 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 happened to them like real life stories but that felt more like like folk tales because they were so fantastic that you would not believe them and yet they will say this happened to me this was real <laughs> so I, I i feel like i always had those stories with me but it wasn't until i saw myself in some of those books there weren't many but those that were there were extremely important to me and that's when i when i thought well i want to see if i can tell my stories just like them so all them like like i mentioned uh, juan felipe herrera he has this book called um, calling the doves el canto de las palomas 
And that's one of the most beautiful books I've read and talks about this child going with his parents, um, uh, going through the fields of California, picking uh, fruits and vegetables in the fields and having this life where they will sleep under the blanket of the sky like if it was a tortilla. I with love a beautiful book and I, I can tell you that that's one of the first books that inspired me very much to tell my own stories. I love that so much because that's how it is also in my family. We're a big, big extended family and every time we get together, my uncles and my aunts, you know, they tell stories of their childhood and I'm always so curious to know what the world was like when they were little. Mm. And Sometimes, you know, like even even little stories that can be considered chisme, they put a little spin <laughs> that <laughs> makes them fascinating. And I always tell my I have told several of my editors that I am I am the author of my family only because I'm published, but I feel like we have everybody in my family is a poet or a storyteller. Mm -hmm. And and that's why uh, I was inspired as well. Uh, to, to tell these stories and pass them on um, in other ways besides just the spoken word. So I love that. <laughs> wow. Yes. You, I was going to ask you, like, did you ever have like those stories of espantos and things like were fear, like, like, like yes. maybe afraid? Did you have those? Because those were always told in my family. Always. They're always the best. They're always the most requested. <laughs> and you can see the influence that they have had in my life because my good friend, another one of Las Musas, eh, Amparo Ortiz and I put together an anthology of horror stories from Latin America. And so we, we that's a book that I worked on this year in 2021, editing these stories by authors from all of Latin America, sharing their the stories of miedo, the horror, the monsters that gave us, you know, the chills when we were little. And so I feel like that that has is never going to go away. It's part of who I am. So yes, those were always my favorite stories. And I feel like that's something that we all share. These are stories that were shared, you know, like at the kitchen table and that a lot of families have in common because I feel that's the power of story that even though you and I, Sushi, grew up in such different places, such different backgrounds, but there's so many places in our lives that are so similar. Yes, exactly. So I feel like when we read stories about people from the same background or even different background, it's like it's a magical moment when we find things in which we see ourselves in these stories, which is, that's why it's so important to see ourselves in both. Yes, yes, exactly. And, and I realize how connected we are. Exactly, exactly. And for me, one of the, one of the first books that inspired me to, to become first a reader and then a writer was called Mi Planta de Naranja Lima. And it's even a translator, a translated title from Portuguese into Spanish. It's my little, my, my little um, lime tree. And it's from this Brazilian author, Jose Mauro de Vasconcelos. And Argentina and Brazil have traditionally this rivalry because of soccer. But I love, <laughs> I love his book so much. And I could, he has a whole series of following this family and particularly this boy, uh, as he grew up in Brazil. And I was just so enamored of Brazilian culture and language and music that when I went on to college, I started Portuguese as my minor because really? I wanted to learn so much. So uh, I always mention that because I believe that books, books have that magic to, to make us, you know, uh, find things that we never thought that we would love, but that become part of us once we learn from them from a book. Exactly. I always feel like books are that places where you discover a lot of things. You can discover things that you like. You can discover things that you don't like, that you don't yes. want in your life, and just continue finding out like who you are. Like If you are looking yourself in a mirror, that's pretty much what we do when we, when we see a book. Exactly. We, 
we are seeing ourselves, we are seeing ourselves in there, and but also we have the opportunity to see others, and that's also a very important thing. Yes, yes, I love that. Like Dr. Rudim Sims Bishop said, books can be a mirror and they can be a window, and, and I have seen that in my life. And now, as a creator, an illustrator, and a writer, um, Sometimes I find myself that I tell the same story in different versions. So have you experienced that also, Shushi? And what is the process like for you um, following the seed of an idea into something that will become a book? Yeah, I think that you are right that we are kind of writing the same story, but we are just approaching it from different places. Uh, like I mentioned before, sometimes I write the stories because I'm afraid of something and I try to explore that fear that I'm feeling. I know now that every time I am making a book, I usually have a lot of questions about what I'm going to write. And most of the time, I have no idea what it's going to look like, right? Even if I think, like, I have this question right now, I'm going to make a book to find out the answer. That that pretty much means I have no idea what's going to happen. Uh -huh, I love that. <laughs> you start a journey. You, you, I, like, I feel like I put myself, like, at the beginning of a path, and I put my feet down, and I'm ready to start walking it. And I have no idea what is going to happen next. So one of the things that I um, I do is that I try to trust that um, things that 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 I am and I have already. Because I don't know if this happens to you, but when I start writing a story, you might you might feel uh, insecure. You might feel like maybe it's never going to become a story or a book. I often worry that I don't even know how to draw correctly and all those yes. things. Like if I saw, you know, I, I see one of these books, like my book, and if they told me at the beginning, you are going to end up doing this, I will say, I can't. I have no idea how to do it. So for me, it becomes like this, uh, be that to trust that just putting myself in the path is already enough to begin. I love that. Just continue walking and walking and see what happens. Um, I realize now, Jamila, that nothing happens in my mind. If I try to create a book in my mind, it will never happen. Mm -hmm. I need to sit on my table, bring my papers, my pencil, open it up, start writing, even if I don't know what. Make a line. I start a little doodle drawing, put a word down, and eventually those words call for more words. Those lines call for more lines, and suddenly um, drawings start appearing, and it's almost as if they talk to you. Now, now that a character appears in the page, maybe it will take you somewhere, um, and it's just, for me, it's a matter of, of following that path that I that I set up for me, uh, even though I don't know where it's gonna take me. Um, and just use all the resources I have. Maybe I don't know how to draw very well, it doesn't matter. I will just continue doing it until I end up having a book. I love that so much because even if I, if, like I said, I'm not an artist, but I feel uh, my process is very similar. I always go into a story with a question, even if it's a fun book, even if it's an adventure, but there, there's a question. And sometimes I don't know the question right away. It's only through the revision process that I discover, oh, this is the question that I had in my mind. And this is the answer that my subconscious put into the manuscript later. And yes, it sounds very daunting when you're starting because like, just like you said, if I'm looking at one of my finished books, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't think I can do that again. And, and I start reading first pages, first lines to see how I can recreate the process. But it's not until I actually sit down and I start writing, like you said, that the words come and a word next to the other starts telling a sentence and telling a story. Yes. And there's also a lot of people that we don't see on the cover of a book, but that are part of the creative process. I have my critic partners, 
that yes. sometimes I will share a story with them and they tell me, oh, this is where it was confusing. It's kind of like having a teacher guide you, like having an editor or other people in our team. And I always find that art doesn't just happen. I, it's not isolated and it doesn't come from just one person. I always mention that my name is on the cover, but a lot of the stories that I wrote came to be because of things that I saw that happened in my life or in my family or a question that a reader asked from a completely different book that sparked an idea for the next story that I want to tell. That's right. I love to hear that, Shamile. Um, because, you know, maybe maybe you have heard it too that um, a lot of people feel that we artists are very good at working alone and by ourselves. And sometimes when you are working in truth, you are on your own doing this writing. And, you know. But I also want to explore the idea that perhaps we are not as alone as we think that we are. That in fact, so that we could create those books and have those ideas is because we have lived situations and we have experienced things with other people. It is because we have learned something from someone else. And even if we are right now here all by ourselves in front of our computer, everything that goes into our stories has been fed from other parts of our community. Exactly. And like you said, our books have uh, designers, have illustrators, have writers, have editors, have a whole team that make us uh, help us make these books a, a, a story that finally is going to be read for, exactly. by children yes. in schools. And also when those books get to the hands of readers, the reader is the ultimate creator of that story. That. They yes. are our partners. When, once they start reading the story, they bring their own imagination, their own art, their own worlds, and we put them together. And that's when the story really becomes a real story. I love that. And I believe that too. I always believe like it's a circle and that's art perhaps will inspire a reader to tell their own story, which leads me into yes. the next question. Sometimes we wonder because we, you know, like in the past, I came to this country uh, 24 years ago uh, as a student and looking at sometimes the shelves in the library or the bookstore, uh, I, didn't, I didn't see names like my own or, or I didn't recognize stories of my own. And sometimes I, you know, I was very young and I, I, uh, it was easy to think, oh, there's not a, a place in this bookshelf for somebody like me. So, but things have changed. I love that now we have a Latinx book festival and yes. I wish we had it when, when I was younger, but I am so grateful that we have it now, right? And so what, what would be your advice for a young reader who's watching us today uh, and they're thinking about, they're, they're dreaming of these stories and they're thinking about creating, but they're afraid. What would you tell them? Well, I would tell them one thing that works for me is to start very small. Take something really, really, really tiny that you feel comfortable with it, whether it's a word, a little drawing, a little shape, a piece of um, of the page that you have. Maybe you have a piece of paper. Take just a small space and start doing something there and see what grows because it will grow. But use something that doesn't make you feel intimidated so that you can flow, you can start moving. Trust that you already know a lot of things. You know how to grab a pencil. You know how to make a, a, a line with your colors. Trust that your body already knows how to do those things. Your body already knows how to uh, how to make your, your hard work, knows how to move your hand or whatever you use to create your story. And just let it go. Breathe in, breathe out. And let that. your hand or whatever part of your body you use to tell stories, let it move. Let it do something. And um, don't get discouraged. It takes a lot of time uh, to come up with something that you might like it. And at the beginning, you might not feel like like 
like your story is looking um, like the story you want to tell. I will say that you can go and have a sandwich or take a break or listen a song or play, uh, you know, an instrument or do a dance. And when you feel um, ready again, come back to your story and see what happens. I will tell you that the story that you have to love your story. It doesn't matter if other people loves it or not. If you are the one who, who has to love it and it is your story. Whatever you choose to say in that story, it's yours and nobody can tell you not to say it. So just trust and continue moving until in front of you something appears that makes you very happy. I will I say that. I love that. I love that so much. I want to take notes. I'll go back to the recording. And this is a, a, a reminder that this event will be available later in a recording. And I will go back and, and listen to that answer again, Shushi. It's so inspiring. And it, it is so true. And are there any stories that they flourish like a little seed, but then didn't go on because I mean, that can happen sometimes. Sometimes people or readers think that every story that we get will become a book. Is that the case with you? No, not at all. Uh, I write many different ideas before something becomes a story. And I, I was just thinking about how, how it's like to go back and try to find the the seeds of a story try to find like my first versions and i like to do that because i tend to forget that before bright star was a story or dreamers was a story or nino russell's the world was a story many other stories um happen first whether <laughs> i put them on the paper or whether they work or not it doesn't matter because they were the the like like the steps that I had to take in order to come up with the final story. So even those stories that didn't make it to um, to become books, they are perfect stories because they brought me to the place where a book happened. I love that so much. I always tell mm -hmm. young readers there's no wasted writing, and uh, because everything will lead to something else, and if anything. They just exercise our creative muscles to keep going until that next idea that will become the book. Excellent advice. And mm -hmm. there are some very some uh, interesting questions, some very thought-provoking questions in the in the chat. And I was going to ask that one from Megan Jensen. Hi, Megan. And who is the one person from your own life who has inspired your writing the very most? Well, actually, my son. My son was the person who inspired my writing, even though my mother was very creative and she's also someone that I learned from. Uh, like the real inspiration came when my son um, was born because I came to the United States, became an immigrant uh, when with, with a little baby. And this brought, I don't know if this happened to you, Shamile, I know, because I think that it happens to a lot of people that once you get to the United States, um, there is a moment of realization of how much kind of you don't have with you anymore. Yes. There are things that stay there and they are not with you anymore. At least that's how it felt to me at the beginning, that those things were left behind in my, in Mexico, in my country, and that I was going to raise this baby and I, I wasn't going to be able to give him those things that were loved uh, that that I love that that were part of my growing up or my structure, and I felt that I wanted to. I wanted him to have those things. I wanted him to know those stories. I wanted him to have those colors that I saw back at home. That I and, and so I started putting them in stories. So when like when I make my first book that I wrote and illustrated, which is titled Just a Minute, a trickster tale and counting book. That book, I made it because I was very homesick and I wanted my son to have the experience of how it was like 
to have a birthday party with all of your cousins, your relatives, your abuelita, where um, she will prepare tamales and, and make piñatas. So that story has all those elements that I wanted my son to experience through a book. So he was my first inspiration. What I about you? I love that too. You know, I'm a mom too. I have five children and I started writing when they were very little. A lot like you, Sushi, I found a community at the public library. We had just recently, when right before my son was born, we, my husband and I moved to another part of the country in North Carolina and we didn't have a, we didn't have family. We didn't have a support network. So I went and found the library and I would go to the story time with my little baby and he didn't, he could not participate yet, but it was mm -hmm. for me to find that community. And then I also found books that inspire me to, to write the stories that, that had been, you know, kind of dreaming in my own heart. And in, in the same way, I'm inspired to share the things that my children don't have in this country because they're, they were born in here but they, they live in two worlds. And at the same time, they inspired me to see the world through different eyes. And sometimes as adults, I feel like I, at least, would take for granted simple things that if you really think about our miraculous, like today we're having the first snow in Utah. My youngest son is nine and there's never nothing as magical as seeing the first snow of the year. And even if I complain about the cold and the darkness and the short days, he's just ecstatic to go and play out with our dogs. And, and so that makes me, that reminds me uh, to look at the world uh, through the eyes of a child and things that, for, for example, for me are not important for them are everything. And that's why I love to create for young readers because they give me hope. They teach me to see the magic in the world. They teach me to solve problems in simple ways and to remember, remember, you know, that, that light that we all have in our hearts, no matter where we come from, that that's something that we all oh. share. And so, yes, I, I am inspired by them too. Let me see. There was another question that I wanted to touch on because it's very timely. Stephen, how I don't know how the producer knows that I'm looking for these questions, but this is the one that I was looking for in the chat. Stephen Vernon is asking um, how the growing culture of book challenges and bans in the U.S. compares to other countries in which we are from or where we worked or where we lived. So in Mexico, um, is, is something like you, you now some people might not be aware that there is there has been a, a movement which is not new to ban and take away uh, books from school libraries and public libraries that some people think are, are not appropriate for young readers because they talk about racial justice or cultural differences or um, di different topics that for or some, perhaps for an adult are controversial. And so they take them away from a library. Have you encountered something similar in your country? Does this remind you of, of something that you have lived before, Shushi? Not necessarily with books, because here in Mexico, books, especially books for children, is a very new industry. So what I think that happens here in Mexico is uh, something that happens also in the United States that there is like, maybe, maybe they are not banning books, but perhaps they are not publishing books that otherwise should be published. They simply never make it through the door of the publishing house. Um, and, and I think that's, that's, that's more like what happens right now because our industry of children's book is not as robust as it is in the United States. In the United States, you can find books about anything. And that was one of the things that always surprised me so much. Like you wanted to learn about anything. You want to learn about dogs, cats, uh, the mountains, the glacier, how the body works. Just go to the public library and go to the children's book section and you will find yeah. a book about it. Right? And that's something that is so beautiful in the United States that 
it really breaks my heart now to realize that there is an effort to bring down the ability of children to get, be informed, to read mm -hmm. about themselves, to realize of things that you have never realized before. Like, I, I think that I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this because I really believe it. This is a racist uh, thing that there is happening. It has a lot to do with books, not only that have controversial things, but that are written by the experiences of people of yeah. color or people who have suffered injustice or people who have not have uh, their stories told before. So when a bamboo comes and tells, no, those stories, we cannot tell them, we are just going back to not having those voices heard. Here in mm -hmm. Mexico, that might happen too. A lot of those voices are not being heard because they never those books are not published in the first place. Had the in the United States, those books have been publishing now little by little every 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 year. There are some more books um, yes. written by people like you or me. And suddenly we find ourselves in this time when they are just bringing like a max down and saying, no, this we is not allowed. Books at yes. 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 It, and it's, so what is it's sad. Well, um, I am from Argentina, and when I was born, my country uh, did not have democracy like we have in the United States. And democracy is the right to choose the people who govern uh, us. And so we couldn't vote. There was a military dictatorship. That means that the army had taken away the president, and they put strict rules over what kind of music people could listen to, what kind of books they could read. And Argentina has a very rich tradition of arts um, and children's publishing and music and uh, all the arts in general. Yes. A lot of these artists had to yes. flee the country. Many went to Mexico because they were fearful for their lives. It wasn't only that the dictatorship was taking away these books from bookstores and libraries. They were actually pursuing the artists and creators and putting them in jail and perhaps the creators' lives were also in danger. So a lot of them fled the country because they were fearful for their lives. And many others kept writing in secret because they just had this urge to share their stories. And one of my favorite authors is called Alma Maritano. And she was from my hometown, Rosario. And like me, her ancestors had come from all over the world. And she wrote stories about Children, like I was at the time, regular children living their lives and being worried about things that happen. But her books were in the list of banned books. And she, for a, for a while, she couldn't write anymore because she was fearful for her family's life. But the teachers and librarians kept sharing her stories with students until one day I received a photocopied, and I know, like, listening to this story in the perspective of somebody from the U.S., it's wrong to make photocopies of a book, but I'm glad that somebody made a copy of this book of Alma and this book called El Visitante, that I got the photocopy stapled. Did they have a pretty cover? But these characters became a part of me. And from, you know, like processing these characters and my life story, one day I wrote Furia, which was my, my YA book that came out last year. And so I am grateful for the, for the work of these teachers and librarians who were brave and they knew that these books were so, these stories were so needed. And in whatever shape and form, they still shared it with their students and with me particularly. And so I know these are things that happen throughout the, throughout the world. And freedom is something that we need to protect. And it's not just freedom, uh, like an abstract concept. It's freedom to be able to, share our stories with each other and listen to somebody else's stories. And so I, my, my message and, and following in this question by Stephen is that these things have happened before, but I, I'm an optimistic person. I want to believe that stories really have power, words have power. And if we keep sharing them and if we keep protecting the right for these stories to be told, they will prevail. So I am I'm optimistic. I know it's a lot of work. We need to keep telling. Sometimes I get discouraged. Oh, I'm writing this book, but 
my other picture book was banned in, you know, in this state. Uh, should I continue doing it? And yes, we should continue telling our stories. They're important and they're yes. needed. And they can, they can just be a seed into a little reader, a young reader today. And who knows what can come of that. Thank you. Thank you for telling us all of this, Shamile. Thank you. Thank you. And we have perhaps time for one more question. Let me see. I'm going to go into the chat. Okay. I don't know. Maybe we can go into our students' questions that we received for um, the festival. What you wrote in the book, did it happen in your life? Huh. That is a good question. <laughs> uh, I have different books, and I know that in every book of those, it has something that happened in my life. <laughs> they are always connected to some experience of mine, uh, something that I'm feeling. So even though we make up our stories, our, story, our stories, I feel like they have an origin, and our, the, uh, that origin is inside of us. So almost every book that I read in, I could tell you, I, I, I could sense the origin, like being homesick when I wrote uh, Just a Minute, or exploring my fears when I wrote Nino Russell's The World, or um, exploring like how my mother used to put us to bed and it was always very difficult for us for her to get us ready to do things and get us dressed and bathed and everything and i wrote a story that was called little night but also the story of dreamers which is actually inspired in the things that i learned when i came from mexico into the united states with my with my son with my child so there is always a lot of things that are part of my own experience and i put it in my books what about you jamile yes sometimes my ch my children like i said inspire me a lot and sometimes i will hear a snippet of a conversation that i that i have put in a book i remember when we moved into our, the neighborhood where we live now a neighbor boy met my son who was in seventh grade. The neighbor was in eighth grade. And he looked at my son and said, I don't hang out with Sevi, meaning, meaning that he didn't, he didn't want to be friends with a seventh grader. They went on to become best friends later on. But that image and the smirk on his face, that is pretty much part of real life. And I made it to my book that's called On These Magic Shores. And then, for example, my picture book, Where Are You From?, it, it, where are you from was born because uh, people ask me all the time where I'm from in Utah. I kind of stick out a little because I look uh, different uh, from most of the people here. And in my family, we speak Spanish. And I always say I'm from Argentina, although I've been a U.S. citizen for, uh, for a long time. My roots are in Argentina. That's where I was made and where I grew up. Yes. But I just never knew how to answer. So I wrote, where are you from? as a poem for my children. So that came from real life as well. And sometimes like you, Shushi, I see something that happens in real life, a, a, an event or a, a, a succession of events that go on to be part of a story. So real life always um, a, 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 is very much a part of the process. Yeah. Do we have another uh, question from a student? My name is Zoe, and my first question is, um, what is your favorite childhood book? Okay, well, when I was growing up in Mexico, that was uh, at the end of the 60s. <laughs> uh, I'm that old. I didn't, have, <laughs> I didn't have children's books. I didn't. So the books that I loved, they weren't books, actually. They were like the encyclopedia, like your mom also bought you the encyclopedia. Yeah. <laughs> and the dictionary. I used to go, I, 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 I'm one of those persons that eats and brings a book to the table and I'm eating and reading at the same time. I don't know if that's good, but that's how I always done it. Yes. And we bring the dictionary because it was illustrated and I love to see the, the pictures. But the other thing that I love, and they were in books, is I love I love revistas. So yes. all those graphic uh, magazines, um, no sé cómo llamarlos novelas. You know, we call them novelas. Serials. 
Syria. Yes, they are not even for children, but that I was <laughs> we had available at home because my tia would buy them or my mom, and I love just reading those. So yeah, they weren't for children, but that was something that I could read, and they had stories, and they some of them had drawings so wonderful that it inspired me to make my own drawings and. Sometimes I even got in trouble for by because I was making drawings that were uh, people kissing and things like that. But those were my my books, my favorite books when I was a child. <laughs> I love that so much, and I mentioned El Visitante, and I also loved fairy tales. That's something that um, we didn't have a book of fairy tales at my house, but my mom's friend had what to me was a big library of books. It must have been like a couple of shelves in her house and she let me re read them. And I remember going through the brother, uh, um, through all the classic fairy tales. And so I, I found that very early on that the Disney movies are like a different version of the fairy tales. Yeah. They're not so dark as they actually are, which taught me that again, Throughout history, humanity, and different cultures, we have been telling the same stories over and over again, giving them our flavor. So that's something that I always also tell readers. Sometimes you have an idea and you find out that there has already been a book written about that idea. It doesn't matter. You tell it anyway, because you will put your own spice and will make it different. It's and for example, when I was little, my favorite fairy tale was The Wild Swans. And I read all the books, even to this day, about the wild swans that I can get in different iterations from different, different cultures. So that's also the magic of story. That you, there's not only one version. You can, you can tell it and read it through different points of view. So yes. Shushi, our, our, our time has come to an end. Is there any last... Uh, parting words that you would love to share with our viewers? Well, I just want to say I'm very happy that we were all here together, that we got to uh, contarnos cosas. We got together and also think that feels like a circle where we uh, told our life story. And I think those are moments that help us grow and heal. When we tell our stories, it helps us grow and heal. And I hope that someday I'm going to be also reading the stories of every person who was here. Um, as, as, as much as they have read and they are reading our stories and our books, that I'm going to read very soon some of the stories that these authors and future authors are going to be creating. I love that too. And I believe that too. So keep on creating, keep on being brave and carry that light inside you and make stories. And see you next time. Thank you.